Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, February 26, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 55, beginning with the second full paragraph. Today's readers are Sarah H. on the 12 Steps, Nancy S. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Renata G., Deanna B., and Elaine B. Um, The reference number for yesterday, February 25th, 2015 is 7355. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary person to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sarah H. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Sarah H. Here are the steps we took. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah H. I will now ask Nancy S. 
to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Kathy Kay, and good morning, everyone. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I'll pass, and thank you for letting me do this service. Thank you, Nancy. Yes. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 55, the second full paragraph, and we will read that paragraph and the one following. Uh, The first paragraph is for context and sharing should be focused on the second. And I will ask Renata G. to get us started. Thank you, Renata. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for your service. Hi, everyone. Good morning. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Rate in New York. Actually, we were fooling ourselves, for deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other, it is there. 
for faith, for faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human life are facts as old as man himself. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we had for a friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was as much as a fact as we were. We found the great reality deep, deep down in, within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. You know, I want to focus on sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. You know, it talks about faith, like, you know, a feeling we have for a friend, which means to me it's something I can't really see, but I can feel. You know, it's something that can develop, that can grow. And, you know, we had to search fearlessly. That's what we do when we go through the step work. You know, throughout the book, they talk about how we need this relationship with a power greater than ourselves to be relieved from our addiction. And the way, you know, I I find that power is by going through the steps, is by searching fearlessly. And um, someone shared yesterday that whatever we seek, we find. And it is true, you know, and throughout my life, like, all the things I really, really wanted, I worked really hard to get it. You know, I wouldn't take no as an answer. Like how many times I convinced my parents to let me do things that they did not want to, you know, want me to do, but that's what I wanted. So I, 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 I fought for it. You know, um, like if I liked a boy, you know, what are all the, the, the things I did to get his attention and to, get what I wanted. And so here, you know, why not put the same effort into the step work to see if I can find that, you know, relationship with a power greater than myself, if I can develop the faith that they're talking about here in this book. You know, in Dr. Bob's uh, story, he says that it never fails. If you go about it with one half the zeal, you have been in the habit of showing when you were getting another drink, you know, your heavenly father will never let you down. So if I search fearlessly, if I do what I'm told, if I go through the steps as they're laid out in the big book, it's guaranteed that I'm going to develop a faith and a power greater than myself and I'm going to be restored to sanity. That's all I want to share. Thanks. Thank you, Renata G. Who would like to share on the second paragraph? Kim. This is Larry. Okay, Kim G and Larry K. Carol G. Who is that? Carol G. Carol G. Okay, let's start with those three. Please go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. If our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, enables you to think honestly, encourages you to work to search diligently within yourself. I want to concentrate on that search diligently within yourself. Because I have to tell you, for many years I thought that OA, this 12-step program, was a passive program. You know, if I just go to enough meetings and rub up against some um, recovered people, then maybe I'll get recovered. 
you know, maybe if I take these vision for you, maybe if I can put Leia Marcus or Leia M on a, on a loop 24-7 in my ear, maybe that'll make me recovered. You know, and I feel like this is, they're saying I have to search diligently. I have to take some action. And so search diligently within yourself. I just used to search diligently outside myself. How can I make my outside environment look a certain way? I'm just going to keep busy. My experience is I would be able to stay absent for a period of time, and I would go into relapse, and I'd come back to a meeting, and they'd say, well, what happened? And I would tell them, they said, oh, you know what the problem is? You're not going to enough meetings. So I would go to more meetings. I'd commit to that 90 and 90, and then on day 91, I would relapse. And I would come in, and I'd t- they'd say, well, what happened? And I would tell them, they'd say, oh, you know what? You're not making enough phone calls. So I'd go from making three phone calls a day to ten phone calls a day. And there's nothing wrong with those activities. But I had to realize there were activities. When they're saying to search diligently within yourself, they're talking about working the steps. And for many years, my experience in LA is I worked an eight-tool program versus working a 12-step program. I did more, and I complicated things. So this program is really a program of subtraction, not a program of addition. And what I mean by that was I was always looking for more. In the real world, more men... More money, more food was the solution. In LA, more meetings, more phone calls, more human aid was the solution. And what do these 12 steps teach us? And I'm going to go through those action steps. How am I going to search diligently? In four and five, I look at my fears, my resentments, and my sex conduct, and I get rid of them. In six and seven, I discover what those character defects are, and I give them to God. In eight and nine, I get rid of the guilt, shame, and remorse of how I hurt others. So the way that I search diligently is by working the steps and I get rid of those things that are blocking me from the higher power. And when I get connected to the higher power, the miracle is I don't want to eat today. Not that I can resist it. I'm not resisting the food. I don't want the food. And I'll end with this. I have a, 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 in one of the formats in the meetings I go to, it says, we look at the program that we're currently working. We compare it with the program that is, which is presented by our founders in the big book and we make adjustments where necessary. And I continue to do that today as a recovered person. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Larry Kay, please go ahead. Kathy Kay, thank you so much. <laughs> Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, so, you know, for me, I, I've learned that faith and belief are not the same thing. I mean, if I believe in a power greater than myself, then, you know, surely that would be a demonstration of my faith in that power, right? Well, not so for me. Um, I I read this recently, and it describes my experience to a T. Searching most of my life for faith, I instead pulled out an entire wardrobe of beliefs. You know, like, surely this would fit, surely that would fit, but nothing fit, nothing matched. You know, the socks didn't match. So my beliefs, however driven by education, however deep, however seemingly divine I thought they were, did not match the calamities I was facing. You know, those crushing blows day after day, you know, it didn't match it with the serenity, peace, tolerance, acceptance, love. And as this disease continued to throttle me and progressively got worse, I only felt more terrified, vulnerable, and disconnected from God. You know, maybe so I thought God was dead, you know, but who, you know, who am I if not my beliefs? 
Well, that I would suggest to you was an identity crisis that was resolved by my immersion in this practical program of action. The steps eventually revealed to me that I wasn't abandoned by God. No, I was abandoned by my own beliefs. Belief is a product of the mind. A victim mind is a disadvantaged mind. And beliefs, my beliefs tend to shift because beliefs are, are, are molded on, on, based on past experiences. And yet this program has taught me that the past most certainly does not equal my future. Faith is what happened to me when my former beliefs crashed into the rocks. Faith is, is nothing more than a conception until it's put into play. In other words, it must come from action. And, you know, for me today, faith is the attitude of acceptance in the face of not knowing. You know, trust in God demonstrated through my action is all there is. And that's made the difference for me today so that today I can match calamity with serenity because I've immersed myself in these steps and the steps over time for me, uh, they transformed me. I was restored to sanity. You know, this guy that was, was just making a real mess of his life has been restored to sanity. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Uh, Carol G., please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Vision View. It's Carol G. in England, gratefully recovered. I, um, I had to speak to the word fact. They said fact twice in those two paragraphs. And I thought, fact? Sorry, what? He was as much a fact as we were. We found the great reality deep down within us in the last analysis. And I thought, my goodness, the only fact that I was completely aware of at the time before I walked through this process was that I couldn't leave the house without an armed guard. Um, I couldn't be safe by myself because I would always turn back to the food. That was the only fact that I ended up knowing. And before I worked through this program and got recovered, the only reality of my life was that I was so alone. Food was my only friend. I was lost and broken. I was in pain. And, and I was still in OA. <laughs> and I felt if I've come into OA and I'm still lost and broken, something can't be right because I know there's a solution in here somewhere and that was my reality and yet they say here you're going to find another reality Carol inside you there's another reality great a great reality deep down within us well I could not find it uh, I just couldn't get down to wherever it was that I needed to go but in the last analysis it's only there that he may be found and my last analysis began, before I did the, the inventory process, my last analysis began with, what have I got to lose? I've already lost everything. <laughs> I've already lost everything. I'm 48 years old. You know, what else have I got to lose? And it was in that process, something in my mind turned around and I said, you know what, I'm going to give this a chance. I'm going to go in there. I believe this is a fact. I believe that there's a different reality. And I'll believe just just for today that, you know, there is a different way for me to go ahead. And I did. I walked through the inventory process, came out the other side, and found something so powerful that it's keeping me abstinent and helping me live one day at a time 
Thank you, Anapa. Thank you, Carol G. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? Monica. Sally. Monica, Sally, anyone else? Sherilyn. Sherilyn. Lonnie P. Okay, Ronnie P. Let's stop there for now. So we'll have Monica, Sally A, Cheryl Ann, Vasa, and Ronnie P. Please go ahead, Monica. Good morning, Kathy Kay. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. So here we are in the chapter, We Agnostics, you know, and um, in these two paragraphs, we've been, we're gi- been given some information, and I just wanted to take you back to page 45. Uh, the first full paragraph there, it says, lack of power was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? That's on page 45, and here that an- those questions have been answered. Where and how were we to find this power? And it is in the first paragraph, we're going to, how? We're going to search fearlessly, and where? Deep down within us. And then Bill thought that was so very, very important that once again in this second paragraph here, he's going to tell us how and where. How? Think honestly, search diligently, where within yourself. And um, how do we do this? And diligently, I looked up, means um, deeply, carefully, thoroughly, energetically. That's called, that's how I'm going to work my four-step inventory and the rest of the cleaning house steps, four through nine, so that I can clean my channel between my head and my heart and my soul here to where I'm going to find God. And it says, with this attitude, we cannot fail. You cannot work these steps thoroughly and not have a spiritual awakening. That's my personal belief. It happened for me, and if it can happen for me, it can happen to anybody. So here's our answers, where we're going to look and how we're going to do it. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you very much, Monica. And Sally A., please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, These are just some wonderful sentences here. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as a feeling we have for a friend. I love this. this. This, to me, it smacks of when you first meet a new friend that when you first meet the person, you know, you don't really know that they're going to become somebody who's very precious in your life, like a jewel, like you've just found a jewel. And so just as much as the feeling we have for a friend, when you meet that friend and they become that best friend, that you, you didn't anticipate that they were going to be so important to you, that they were going to be such a joy in your life. And that's what they're saying here. They're likening this finding of a relationship with a higher power to the feeling that we have when we find this this new friend that we didn't realize was going to be such a precious addition to our lives and such an important part of our lives. It goes on to say sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. 
he was as much a fact. It's interesting that they have these words side by side on, on other pages, fact finding and fact facing. And here we see this fearless and we see this fact as we were. So when we're doing our fourth step inventory, which we're going to be doing soon because we're going to be turning the page in a few pages and we're going to be on step four and we're going to be fact finding and fact facing. And here, before we reach step four, we need to be, we need to right now be somewhat fearless. And that's what faith does for us. What is faith? But that it allows us to be open-minded and be willing to embrace something that is so, you know, not concrete. And so they're telling us here that we, there, there is required a willingness and an openness in us before we even get to the part of step four of, of being fact-finding and fact-facing, guess what? Before that, we have to first be willing to embrace this concept that really requires some fearlessness. It does take some faith to be open-minded and willing here. We found that great reality deep down within us. It was always there. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. It's not going to be found in your sponsor. It's not going to be found in these pages. It's not going to be found anywhere else. It wasn't until I sat down and I started writing my letters to God and talking to God and opening myself up to say to God what was there, what I was afraid to say. I'm mad at you. I don't like you. I don't like the way you be God. I just don't like the way you've done that. It wasn't until I got honest and I dug deep within me and I spoke my truth to God and I opened up the door of this new relationship, this friend that I was allowing to come into my life, the most important friend I could possibly have in my life. Thanks for letting me share with that iPad. Thank you, Sally A. Cheryl Ann, please go ahead. Press star one, Cheryl Ann. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Okay, it's um, it's Cheryl um, A. Oh, uh, no, that, no, that's okay. So these paragraphs um, have pretty much changed my my program and uh, I think my life in so many ways. I um. I have struggled with step two, not because I haven't believed, but I realized as I started going back to the steps and and, uh, doing step two again, that my issue was my fear of of God. I did not believe in him. I just feared him. When was the roulette wheel going to land on the part of the big book that references calamity? It references that, you know, that may happen. And yet it still tells us how um, it tells us about about accessing God. These paragraphs, it's basically what Monica was just saying relative to how and where. Um, I've looked for God in all kinds of places. I have very specific beliefs about God relative to my own religious practice. And in some ways it was always confusing to me because... In my religious practice, there are certain things I do believe about God. God has certain attributes. God is um, comes into our life in a certain way. Um, so to, to try to determine a personal God to me, I, I, it's been hard to, to rectify. However, when I learned 
where to find God is deep down within me. The great reality deep down within me, a light bulb went off. Because I do believe in certain things about sparks of God within each of us relative to a soul. And then I realized, wait a minute, if there's a soul within me that I do believe, well, can I believe that that soul has its own purpose in the world and that God can speak to me in an an individual way as a result of the fact that I have a, a unique purpose in the world? Somehow something got cleared up for me. That there is, there could be a personal understanding of God as a result of that, but that I had to understand how do I access that power deep down within me? I have to go within. I have to go within, not out. Maybe God's God is out out there too for me, but to access God, I have to go within. I realized that I have had a belief in God. I've had a fear of him, and I've been dealing with that. But why haven't things shifted for me? Well, the thing that I have not been doing, and this came up yesterday, and I heard this word several times with people who shared, was access. I have to plug my phone into the wall every day or it doesn't get charged. If I don't charge myself with the power that solves my problem every day, whether I believe or have faith, doesn't matter because I'm not accessing God. I have to plug myself into that power. I'm learning actually tw- about twice a day, morning and evening, and then I get the power that solves my problem. The way that I access God is to go deep down within me. And there's certain things that I'm learning how to do, both in my religious practice and um in, in learning how to meditate and be still to listen to the messages that are coming to me from God in the way that I believe it comes deep down within. But I'm at, there's an access button. <laughs> it's so life-changing. It is so, um, it's such a light bulb to go off for me. And um, the last thing I wanted to share is that I came to believe, I have to believe before I have faith. I don't have have to, but I have the option to believe, which is I may not have the knowing inside myself the way recovered people um, have yet, but I can believe that a recovered person has having an experience um, that is shifting around their personality and rearranging things. Once I have that experience for myself and I come I've come to believe it. Well, once I then experience it in my life, I then can have a faith, which is a complete trust. Belief is a trust and a confidence. But faith is a complete trust and confidence. And thank you so much for listening to um, what's happening for me in this and with that I pass. Thank you, Cheryl A. Vasa O. Vasa O, please go ahead. Yes. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Kathy, for your service. And Abbasa, oh, recovered compulsive overeater calling from Florida. It's just so good to be here and to read and to hear everybody share. Uh, before I came to the program, I really had a deep desire in my heart to know God. Or, you know, like I had this ache in my life, in my heart, 
but I didn't have that access. And I remember before I came to Overeaters Anonymous, I remember I prayed out loud. I, normally I don't. I said to myself, oh, my God, I hope nobody's listening to me. You know, I was in my van driving, coming home from shopping, and I remember saying out loud to God, and I said, God, if you're out there, please show me where you are. I must have been in so much desperation to be reaching out to God, you know, but I didn't know how to do it. But I believe, and I, I really believe that God heard my prayers at that time, and not too long ago after that, I came into Overeaters Anonymous. Somebody brought me in, and she tried to um, guide me up to her level, you know. Uh, you know, she had been in the program for a couple of years. And then uh, I took an action, you know, and I, she, you know, she 12-stepped me for about a whole week, told me about the program, talked about the steps, and I remember saying, I got nothing to lose. I got to try I got to try this because nothing else has worked for me anymore. Lack of power was my dilemma. I tried it for so long, so many years to put the food down. I put it down, but I could not keep it down, down, you know. I'd be going back and forth, back and forth. For me, taking an action, I took her, um, her suggestion. She, she said, you need to surrender to God. You need to find a power greater than yourself. You know, otherwise this disease is just—it's going to take us down. I mean, the disease was taking me down anyways. I had no more choice left. You know, I said, "I will do whatever you tell me to do." I have nothing more left to try. And for me, taking an action was to surrender, and I was terrified. You know, because I had—I was afraid of God. You know, I didn't know what—I didn't know what this God was going to strike me down or raise me. And I did have that spiritual experience. But that was just the beginning, you know. Um, I, you know, I did my three steps. I, you know, we, I admitted I could not control the food anymore. And I was willing to find a power greater than myself. And I made that decision to turn my will and my care to the God, God of my own understanding. And I did have the spiritual experience. But then we continue with that, you know. I didn't just stop there, you know. I kept on going to meetings. I worked, this, you know, read this big book. I mean, from the beginning to the end, I could not wait to find the solution. You know, I mean, I'd spend like hours and hours reading from the beginning and all the stories in the back. I was just amazing. But I got something that I did not expect. I had that spiritual experience, but that's what kept me coming to the program and working the steps. Thank you for letting me share my path. Thank you, Vasa O. And Ronnie P. And Rabia. Okay, Rabia after Ronnie P. Thank you. Hi, Ronnie P. Um, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Florida. Uh, Thank you so much for letting me share and for everybody on the line in your service. Um, These two paragraphs just really bring me back to the fact that before this program, I had no power. The only thing that I ever turned to was food. And the only thing that I ever listened to was the chatter or the voice of reason or or actually, I don't know, not reasonable in my head, you know. And I didn't have any greater source to give me guidance, you know. And by working these steps, 
I have finally, you know, started to get out of my head and find that power deep within me. And, and it's, it's, like I said, it's getting, for me, it's getting out of my head. And sometimes I say it's like getting into my heart because I feel like, you know, my higher power lies within, you know, and these paragraphs like really brought it home for me when I used to think of or read so many times things that refer to our inner being, you know, so oftentimes I refer to my God within because that's where the answers lie. They're always within me, but it's only by working these program, this program that I've been able to finally start to tap into that. And, and I have to, I have to quiet my mind and I have to reach deep down within. And that's where my answers come from. That that's where, you know, that great reality deep down inside my inner truth and all those other wonderful names, you know, that Bill W came up with for our higher power, you know, and I've only gotten to this place by, you know, not just by working the steps, but by, finally taking action, like Kim G pointed out earlier, and living these steps. You know, the word action was missing for many, many years for me. I thought that knowledge would get me there, and it didn't, you know, because, again, I was relying on logic and reason and all these other things. So it's only by, by finally, I guess, that, that death of self, you know, that letting go of self, that I've been able to get into that inner truth, that, that reality from great down within. So thank you so much for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lonnie P. And Rabia, you'll be our last there before we move on. Please go ahead. Oh, thank you, Kathy, so much for allowing me to share. This is Rabia. I am a compulsive overeater from New York and so grateful to be with you all this morning. And, since my relapse recently, I'm being guided precisely through this big book again, and I am having an experience of um, my higher power, God, which is love, deep down inside me, and I am at the third step now, and and so um, it was suggested to me to follow the big book uh, directions to to kneel before my fellows um, in my meeting, and I would like to take my two minutes, please, to do that with you this morning and say my third step prayer. God, I offer myself to Thee to build with me and to do with me as Thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help, of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Rabia. Okay, Diana, would you read the next paragraph for us, please? Thank you. This is Diana B. from currently from Arizona, recovered compulsive eater. Uh, we can only clear the ground a bit. 
if our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, enables you to think honestly, encourages you to search diligently within yourself, then if you wish, you can join us on the broad highway. With this attitude, you cannot fail. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. These paragraphs are just so powerful. And it's as if I'm reading it for the first time. Uh, What came to my mind right away is what so many people say, is to identify in, not out. And I always identified in and looked at your outsides and compared them to my insides. Uh, I know that I feel a connection to my higher power when I am not being critical of myself or other people. And I know right now I get that nudge every time when I look at somebody and I want to be critical, then it's all about me, but how I feel about myself. And when I'm right with myself, I'm right with others and I can feel, I can have uh, my relationship with my higher power. I hear my higher power. Most of my life I was on, I used to have this waking dream that I was all the way up in the corner of the room and I would be looking down at a group of people. And that's the way I felt with everybody. And I don't have that anymore. I don't have it waking and I don't have it sleeping. Every once in a while, it crops up, and I'm not able to listen to that God voice within me. Um, not, uh, and, you know, the things that are happening to me today, I don't do them on my own. I came back yesterday with a, from a mile walk with my dog and my significant other, and I just said, thank you, God, because it's not me. I'm by myself. I am nothing, and with your help, I've been able to find my relationship with that God within me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Diana B. Who would like to share on this paragraph? This is Bella. Can I share? Okay, Anyone else? Leah. Uh, I would like to share. My name is Teresa. Okay. I got everybody but the person right after Bella. Who is that? Teresa. Lisa. Okay, so we have Bella. Sarah. Okay, Sarah. Okay, here's the list we have. Bella, Lisa, Sue G, Leah, Teresa, and Sarah. Let's see how far we can get. Go ahead, Bella. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for this service. And thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, I love this paragraph. It's very empowering. With this attitude, you cannot fail. What is the attitude? The attitude that God is a friend. A God is a friend. So the connection between me and God is without any fear. Now I am not looking anymore for my power. I accept and admit that I am powerless, and I am powerless because this is the way that God created me. I am not as I am not afraid anymore from God. 
Now I change my belief. Now I believe that God is my friend. God trusts me and God respects me. Now I am not afraid anymore that God is watching me and wants to punish me. Yes, I am doing mistakes because I am human and I am powerless and I don't know everything. And it's such a, a relief when we can only clear the ground a bit. Yes, I am not perfect and I will never be perfect. Now, thank God, thank God I choose to be connected to a friendly power, to a greater power than myself. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Lisa, please go ahead. Press star one, Lisa, to unmute. Hi, my name is Teresa. I'm a compulsive overeater. Oh, okay. I thought there was a Lisa. Go ahead, Teresa. Thank you. Thanks so much for being um, doing service. Um, just referring to the area, sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. And I don't like the word fearlessly because I'm always full of fear, but it's a total surrender. And I guess for me, the fear is there, but I really have to just work on that. To me, it's not a total erasing. For me, it's a process to search fearlessly. Thank you. Thank you very much, Teresa. Suji, go ahead. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for your service, and thanks, everybody, for sharing and listening. It's Suji, recovered in southeastern Pennsylvania. I'm not hesitating to use the word today. Yesterday, I shared my process. Today, I have another take on yesterday because change is what happens in working these steps in order. Um, and so here in the book, I'm having trouble putting my fingers on the right pages. Um, you will get here. Okay. So, um, we found the great reality deep down within us in the last analysis. It is only there that he may be found. It was so with us. And so, looking along this broad highway that we're traveling, I the belief the the joining of belief to faith yesterday i shared a story of vulnerability which probably got across to a few of you and i apologize if it was if it felt remote but i don't apologize to the to the god within because i'm connected i i was talking about my connection from working these steps in order as prescribed by the big book with with my dear one, with my closest friend, my husband, and with his illness, and which has smacked us. That's another step one for us. And what, what this brings to me today, my perspective is better. The treatment for this month is over, and I get better when this happens. Today, I accept that. I accept it fully. I accept it as this is my emotional recovery. So the this paragraph moves me again 
to page 563, the long form of the traditions. And to we're talking about belief and the journey from belief to faith, the journey from fearless to faithful. Um, and so what helps me on that journey between steps two and three is the second tradition. And I really like the long form, which is just like the short form. <laughs> For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. So so what is that about? Well, it, it dovetails with what I was feeling yesterday, and today I'm a different person. It's a new day. I'm a different person. My true self changes every day. Thank God. Thank you, God. So there's God, there's my true self, and there's that false self that's hoking along and, and that's the addict within that's saying, hmm, and there's the true self that, in, that in, is all inclusive because my friend, my, my God of my understanding, is, is accepting of both my true self and my false self. I, I don't have to do all this work, which is which. It will be revealed to me as I am a person of faith. And so today, I'm, I'm a different person living in this tradition and thinking about the, the fellowship and that it's all of you that make up the God of my understanding, which is an inside issue, but it's, it's a tradition here too. And this, this reading moves me over to the tradition, that it's, it's a loving God, it's a friend, it's, it's a perspective that I can always make conscious contact if I am willing to do these steps, do the work, and do them over and over again, wherever I am, with whomever I am. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Suji. Leah M., please go ahead. Thanks so much, Kathy G. Uh, Good morning, everybody. It is Leah M., Uh, If our testimony helps sweep away prejudice, enables you to think honestly, encourages you to search diligently within yourself, then, if you wish, (laughs) you can join us on the broad highway. I love that. If you wish. You know, (laughs) I hope that's a message of hope for people, for everybody on this line and beyond, that if you wish, you can join us on the broad highway, meaning this is broad and roomy. This is all-inclusive. This is never exclusive. It's true. We have no power over our disease. That is a true statement. However, we are responsible for it. (laughs) The solution has been presented. You know, I remember when I was in that lock-up facility that I have told you about, um, you know, the person who cracked open this text for me, you know, told me straight out, Leah, you know, there are two types of people that come into the rooms, people who recover and people who don't. And do you know who chooses which column you're in? You do, Leah. You make that choice. You make that choice. Am I going to be responsible by following the same path? You know, page 59 reads, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. That statement is still true today. The same statement that was on the press in 1939 still is true today. Because how do you know that's true? Well, because there's testimony. There's testimony throughout these pages. There's testimony throughout this line. 
we declare that since we've come to believe in a power greater than ourselves and have a certain attitude and do certain simple things, such as the steps in proper sequence while abstinent, then there will be a revolutionary change in the way we live and in the way we think. And that is a true statement, and that's true for everybody on the line. So the essence of what the 12 steps do for us is remove the things that block us from the higher power that exists where? Deep down within us. And as soon as that block is removed, we have contact with that higher power. As soon as we have contact with that higher power, we become sane. Isn't that great? (laughs) So whether we believe in God at the end of this chapter or don't believe in God, if we are not sane when it comes to the food, it's clear that we have a blockage on our route to sanity. And the only solution we know is to get rid of those blocks. And to do that, we work the 12 steps. Very, very simple. If we use the big book's image that we read about of, of uh, blocking the higher power, which is deep down within us, you know, we can see that our fundamental ideas of, of a higher power, is, it's really the concepts or the ideals, I'm wrapping up, which give us whatever the motivation in life we have. You know, so some people, religious people, call that God and give it a personality and and various attributes, and some people don't. For the purposes of the 12 steps, it really makes no difference. A higher power is there for for the taking, for everybody. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Leah. Um, And Sarah, please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy Kay, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Sarah W., a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Um, I just wanted to follow because it sounds like Leah got to that last, right prior to that last sentence, and I, I wanted to say that um, I really had a lot of emotions, first of all, hearing what I understand to be a stepping up ceremony that somebody did today with the third step. I remember when I did it 20 years ago. And also, um, it says, if you wish, you can join us on the, on the broad highway. With this attitude, you cannot fail. The consciousness of your belief is sure to come to you. And I think what, what it comes to me with this is it says, the attitude has to be one of honesty and, and, and searching and fearless, diligent uh, willingness and open-mindedness, and that's where we will come to the to the belief that we can have for ourselves. Um, so I guess the thought that comes into my mind is it says you cannot fail. You cannot fail. So, you know, today I'm so grateful. You know, not only do I have a, a normal-sized body, but I have a mind that knows what I need to do um, in the process, you know, I just want to say this because I think it's an important thing to say. You know, every day in our lives is not perfect, and we all have things we go through. But today I am so grateful. And and sometimes I need to tweak my attitude, and yesterday was one of those days. And I just needed to settle in and talk to a few fellows and especially connect with my higher power. And I see things so differently. I took some meditation time this morning, and I really feel so uplifted and inspired to do today and no longer afraid. And thank you so much for being here with us, trudging, and I'll pass. Thank you, Sarah W. 
It is now time uh, to close the meeting. Uh, thank you, everyone, who has shared. Uh, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Elaine B., could you please read a vision for you? Sure, Kathy. Thank you for your service. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. Elaine, I can't hear you too well. Are you there, Elaine? Kathy Kay, I can do that. Okay, great. Thanks, Melanie. You're welcome. Can you hear me now? Our, our book is meant to be... Go ahead, Melanie. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.